you have to have, you have to know who you're there to serve. And it was once I figured that out. And even then, and it's not to say all of a sudden, just the, the, the windows of heaven just opened up and poured in, poured in the blessing. Even then it took a while to, to sort of build up some steam. Welcome to the Millennials and Money podcast, the podcast dedicated to encourage millennials to continue to make wise decisions with their money. We find some of the best ways to learn is through stories. So each week, your host and wealth advisor, Payne Boyer, invites a millennial guest on the show to share their money story. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show. So this week, I got a very special guest. Say hello to Mr. Larry Williams. Say hello, Larry. What's going on, everyone? Glad to be on. Hey, yeah. So Larry, I'm going to allow you here in a second a chance to introduce yourself. But first, let me begin by sharing how you and I met or how you and I know each other. So you might not even remember this the first time we met. You know, I know you now because we're in Toastmasters together, but I actually met you in person. I've only seen you recently in Toastmasters virtually since I've joined. But your Toastmasters group used to meet at the Red Lobster directly across from my office. And I visited one time. I remember seeing you. I remember hearing that you were in marketing back then. And that was the first time we met. We've been uh, we've been in the Toastmasters group together for about three months now, and I've really enjoyed getting to know you, hearing you speak. Uh, I've learned a lot from your talking skills. So that's as far as you and I go back, tell people what you do for a living, some of what drives you, and a little bit about yourself. Awesome, yeah. So I have, uh, my name is Larry Williams. I have sort of a dual occupation, if you call it. Uh, I have a, I'm a part of a local ministry here in Sacramento, uh, Calvary Evangelism Center, where I serve uh, as one of the associate pastors there. Um, and I uh, do many things for that ministry, but I also have a digital marketing agency that I help businesses and and different organizations with their, with their website, with social media management, with SEO, with lead generation. So it's sort of a dual occupation. Um, I'm a family man. I have been married for eight years. I am the father of a six-year-old. So I am very busy just trying to keep up with, with life and everything that, that sort of gets thrown at me. But that's sort of a snapshot of some of the things that that I am into and sort of uh, my occupation. Yeah, we'll, we'll dig deeper on that um, in, a, in a bit here, just to share with the audience. You know, I was introducing, I was reading Larry's bio last week to introduce him to speak. And he, he's a father of a six-year-old. And I somehow read that as father of six. So I was shocked, like, man, <laughs> this guy's got six kids. But no, he's a father of a six-year-old. Just wanted to share that story real quick. It made me think about that when you were talking. But you know, Larry, this podcast is all about financial success and helping millennials continue on that path towards financial success. And you know what? That comes, yep. that comes by building habits. And I find a lot of times the habits and the cornerstones that we have financially, the, mind, the scopes our mindset around money, of course, can always be changed, but those yeah. initial cornerstones get put in place in child childhood and what we see in the household growing up. So talk to us a little bit about your household financially when that you grew up in. What was money like in the household and um, what was it like for you growing up? Where did you grow up? So I grew up in a military household, 
where my father, he was a part of the, the Navy. So it caused us to move around a lot. So we moved from, you know, I've lived anywhere from Hawaii to Washington State, Maryland, California. I was actually born here in the Bay Area and ended up moving to Hawaii. Next step was Washington State, Maryland, Florida. So I've kind of lived all over the place. But in terms of financially, there's kind of a two parts to that because my parents actually divorced when I was five. And when they divorced, it caused, um, we ended up moving with my mother to Seattle where she raised us as a single mother. And dealing with that, obviously with, you know, divorce, the, the father will end up sending child support, but there was a large portion of that time where my mother was either unemployed or underemployed. Uh, she ended up having to go back to school. I have a little brother who has autism, so that required a lot of a lot of time from her. And just um, so when we when we ended up moving with her, it did cause a strain financially. We didn't really live in the best neighborhoods. We didn't necessarily, we basically lived paycheck to paycheck pretty much my entire life growing up with her. Um, so really when I think about, um, you know, finances and growing up, a lot of it was uh, just month to month survival. We didn't really learn much about, you know, saving or investing or um, trying to uh, build a future legacy. A lot of what, a lot of those principles, I didn't really learn until I was married, and I began to uh, read books and 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 different types of resources like that. I uh, so in a large sense that I, I hope that kind of answers your question. Um, most of what I learned about like good money habits didn't come until much later. No, that, that's good. That was a great story, man. I'm, I appreciate you sharing that with us, man. And it happens a lot, you know, when there's divorce in the household that it's, and one thing falls on one party's plate, one huge thing falls on one party's plate. And usually it takes, you know, um, I always say life is a two player sport. That's why God made marriage because it's really hard to do it with, uh, with one person on their own, especially raising children. I can throwing an autism in the mix is just makes it that much harder. So, yeah. and, and that paycheck to paycheck mentality, once it gets started, it becomes so hard to break, but I know you now as an adult, it does. And after seeing, seeing that growing up, what, what were some things you did to break that habit and not find the same cycle as an adult, because I I know people who make plenty of money, but they still live paycheck to paycheck, just because that's all they've ever been taught. So, what what um what changed that? How was that transition like? To, and then what's your what's it like for you today, coming from a scarcity mindset into transforming to more of an abundant mm -hmm. mindset? How's that How's that transformation been? It's been a a rough a rough one to say the least. <laughs> um, and to be honest the idea of of real of really you know transitioning from that 
it, it, it didn't really happen until maybe a few years ago hmm. where I actually began to uh, become more disciplined about um, my finances. Like I got introduced to uh, resources like Dave Ramsey. Uh, he was a, he definitely played a big picture just in terms of, you know, you know, living within your wage and, and, um, and trying to have a, a budget and getting out of debt, et cetera. He was, I, I definitely have had a great, been greatly influenced by his teaching, but it's still, honestly, uh, it is still a transition. It's not something that I think I have mastered by any stretch of the imagination. And especially when I first got married, this, I wish, I, I honestly could say, I wish I had a lot of these conversations before I did. <laughs> uh, and just, you know, I wish some of the things that I, I had to learn just by making, you know, dumb, stupid mistakes, I would have learned those before, you know, getting married and, and um, having a kid. But um, I would say at this point, a couple of things have, have really helped in terms of the, um, the financial situation. Number one, I actually have learned a strategy of how to handle money by reading different resources. So I had to kind of change my paradigm. But number two, <laughs> as simple as it is, I had to start making more money. <laughs> uh, I, I mentioned before uh, working in ministry, that was actually my full-time occupation for four years. And it wasn't, uh, you know, I know you've made people have maybe heard of like mega ministries. And, uh, <laughs> you must not, not have been case. one. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't really the case. So honestly, it, it was even during that time that I had some really difficult financial situations that came up um, that thankfully I was able to, you know, recover from and, 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 you know, take some of those scars, but now over these past couple of years, after really, you know, coming to grips about, you know, making some better financial choices, I could say that things are finally turning around and um, this is probably the best financial situation I've ever been in. <laughs> hey, well, praise God. I'm happy to hear that, man. You unpack a lot there, Larry. Yeah. And um, I want to touch on some of it. Um, one thing I, you know, I always talk about with my clients is you mentioned having a budget, you know, living within your means. I call it a money purpose plan. It sounds a lot yeah. more attractive than a budget. And, and that's yeah. what a budget is all. It's purposing your money. You got to purpose your money or else it's going to purpose itself. Yeah. And all, what it comes down to is aligning your spending with your values and making sure that you're spending within your values and things that are important to you. And when you're doing that, you're happy. And my, yeah. and my idea of a successful financial plan is enjoying your life now we're attracting towards future goals. And when you're spending money on your values, it makes that easy. Absolutely. And another thing you unpack there, man, is that you when you got married, you know, you, this, this podcast, a lot of our audience, they are millennials. And we are on that same journey somewhere, somewhere farther down the line than others. But a lot of our listeners are on their way to, you know, becoming one. So yeah. they've been dating a little bit. Now they're getting ready to get together and merge their finances together. You're taking two different financial backgrounds together. 
Yeah. Nine, nine, nine times out of ten, you have two different financial backgrounds, two different mindsets and concepts around money in general, and you're merging them to one. So that can yeah. be rough. So yeah. w- what was that transition like for you? And then share some things you thought of it, words of advice for our listeners. So it it definitely it, it was definitely there were there were some definite um, difficulties that that came along with that. Primarily just um, the fact that we were both very fresh in our careers and um, we both, neither one of us came from households that we both kind of came from households that were either split up and, and had different challenges growing up. So neither one of us really had a model of how to successfully manage finances and deal with finances so we both sort of had to learn uh in some ways the hard way right so um we both had to sort of uh you know figure it out as we went and um you know take some some bumps and some bruises along the way uh but you know sometimes that that's 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 a good thing you 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 learn from the pain <laughs> of that <laughs> um but what i would say to individuals that are getting started or, or wanting to build up their careers or their their families and, and and really wanting to do it right i would say have a lot of these conversations before getting married <laughs> um be really clear about it and um and really try to try to try to take care or at least have a plan about your finances before adding another individual into it. Cause that just, comp- that, that can sort of complicate it. And um, so I was, so I would say probably that would be my main piece of advice. Just, you know, try to make sure that you are, you, you have goal and that the person that you're having uh, that you're going to get married to has those same goals. Cause I think they say that one of the number one causes of divorce is because of money. Um, because it brings a lot of stress uh, if, if you're not on the same page with it. And so I would say definitely, you know, try to get on the same page, get with good counsel. The, the scripture says uh, with a multitude of counsel, there is safety. So find good advice, not people who just, uh, just, are interested in, you know, getting your, like just getting a sale or, you know, getting something out of it, but really someone that's going to teach you. I think now more than ever, especially for service positions like yourself, or even what I do, I try to position myself more as a teacher than as a salesperson. And I think uh, I try to add as much value. So I think finding people who are going to teach you how to do it not do it for you, I think that's going to be the thing that's going to cause you to have more success down the line. So first of all, I want to pause and just say thank you for that shameless plug there of <laughs> my business. I really appreciate it. No, but it's so important to to just, you got to be a teacher in what I do. That's, you know, the, I, to me, a teacher is, the, you, if you haven't taught your clients anything and all you've done is just made money for them, and if you're yeah. gone, then they might fall apart. So you gotta teach them. You gotta they have to understand the reasoning behind every decision. 
and they have to have a plan they can stick to and they have to understand the purpose behind the plan. Yeah. There's no purpose behind that plan. Or if they don't know the purpose behind the plan, guess what? That's the first thing that's going to go when things give up. The exactly. scriptures also says if it's built on a strong foundation, you got to have a foundation. So exactly. when those, when not if the storms come, when they come, when they the house come. doesn't fall. Another thing you touched on was goals and talking about money before they get married. Yeah. That's so huge, you know, because you've got, you've got to make sure your partner's along with the same journey. It's yeah. not fair for you and it's not fair for them if they have different, different expectations. Yeah. I always say relationships, for me, I always say relationships with an advisor and a client fail because expectations aren't met. Mm-hmm. But, but in general, relationships in general, they fail because expectations aren't met. And the reason yeah. expectations aren't met half the time is because expectations are never expressed. So before you get in a relationship or with it, with an advisor or with a partner, both life partners, but with either one, yeah. you before you get in a relationship with them, make sure you take time to express what it is you expect out of the relationship. That yes. way it's fair for the other one to deliver. So Absolutely. that's a great answer there, Larry. I really appreciate that, my man. So let's um, fast forward a little bit. You talked about your, your growing up, your... Um, Grew up in household, the military household, eventually having living with a single mother. You spent a lot of time on the coast, pretty much all the coast, which is pretty yeah. cool. But let's talk about you today, man. I know you mentioned you did some pastoring for four years. That was it, solid. And then you realized, hey, you know what? I'm not getting the bag pastoring. <laughs> I'm doing God's work, but you know, I need that bag. So let's talk about how you got into marketing and what it is you do today alongside pastoring. So... I mentioned some of the difficulty that I was that I was going through, just you know, kind of living paycheck to paycheck, trying to manage a family, um, trying to sort of build a legacy moving forward. Just all of these things sort of going on. I ended up uh, coming in contact with a pastor down in South Florida. One of my friends, we drove down about an hour south of where I was living in Tampa, down to Naples. And I ended up getting into in contact with a pastor who was also a digital marketer who marketed some of the biggest brands um, in on the internet currently. And I just had a conversation with him uh, about, you know, he had a similar story as I did. Uh, him being in full-time ministry and just really struggling to, to support his family, et cetera. And it was through that struggle that he began his business and his, his business is now a multi-million dollar agency very, that's doing very well. He no longer, he still pastors, but he no longer takes a salary from his church. He just does it as a volunteer. He actually has staff on church, but he doesn't take a salary. And I just, he began to create this vision of what could be. And it really sowed a seed into me right before moving from Florida to Sacramento. And as uh, we moved here and I began to sort of get some refooding for our family, that's when I began to slowly uh, start this agency to building it as an LLC, slowly beginning to get clients and you know it didn't you know a lot of times you'll see things say oh you'll become a millionaire like in a year or something like that it's like it's a very slow any type of endeavor takes a while to build up 
but it was just sort of those baby steps, getting a client here, getting a client there, losing a client there, losing a client here, sort of those those rough patches of beginning a business uh, alongside working for uh, the ministry during the day. So it was, it was sort of a, a part-time thing. Uh, but eventually this, this past year was one of my top earning years ever. Uh, and it was, a, it was, it was definitely a successful year where, uh, we were able to get multiple clients that even led into this year. This month has been one of like the best financial months, uh, that I've ever had in my life. So it was really, really awesome. But it sort of just took that progression from just starting slow, little by here, little by there, learning, you know, learning how to do this, how to do that, and eventually now really beginning to pick up some steam. Maybe God's doing something. I'm I'm excited for you, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, another thing I want to share that I, I was thinking about this as you were speaking. You know, our pastor brought you in the marketing industry. And, you know, it makes so much sense, you know, because your, your, your leader is the, is the, um, is the servant leader yeah. comes in, the, in the Christian faith comes down to Jesus Christ being the servant leader and he created followers and yeah. created followers. You have to be able to market yourself. He doesn't yeah. have this guy on the show. So it makes so much sense why you and the other pastor did end up following the marketing because it's yeah. something in you. It's birthed in you. You know what I mean? For sure. So what type of marketing does your firm focus on? So that actually is quite an interesting story as well. When I when I first got started, it was basically my my my, my clientele and the type of services that I offered was pretty much anything and everything. <laughs> so, I've been there. I, I've been there too in my firm. <laughs> so basically, oh, you'll pay me? Sure, I'll do it. <laughs> I'll learn it. If I can't do it now, I'll learn it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't worry. I'll figure it out. I'll, or I'll find somebody and we'll just, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. So it, it basically started off, you know, running ads for people, running different campaigns. You know, somebody will hire me to do some social media marketing for them. I'll do that, you know. Uh, but really what really caused me to narrow in and focus was when the pandemic hit. And while I do offer my services to anyone, uh, like I, I do have certain services like building websites for people. That's one of my, the first places that I began. I, I feel like the, the website for an organization is the foundation of their digital presence. That's where you want to make sure that you have certain components so people can engage with you. Um, and I do, you know, search engine optimization once the, the website is built and then social media management just to build the brand. And then the last part is really the lead generation where we try to get leads at first when i first started it was just leads i'll get you leads i'll get you leads i'll get you leads and then i kind of realized there were more components to a digital marketing presence that have to be in place like you mentioned before building the foundation so we try to really build a a, a brand foundation for every client that we work with but uh, going back to clientele when the pandemic hit, the the uh, church that I was on staff at basically 
there we couldn't have any more staff and even my my it was like there wasn't really much work to do at the the building anymore just because you know people weren't going to the building anymore the pandemic sort of sort of halted it and I basically said you know what I, I have a few clients I'm just going to volunteer my my staff position away I don't want to be you know a burden to the church right now and I'm not going to be able to do my work effectively. So I really just forced it, it, it. The pandemic really forced me to do full time, uh, do my business full time. And it was at that point where I said, you know what? There are a lot of ministries that need to be online right now. And I have a ministry background. Maybe I need to just begin to reach out to many of these ministries and um, offer them my services. So I got to pause you there. I got got to pause you there because that is so dialed in with the way service needs to be. Like you know, we start out just like you in my field. We start out trying to do. We'll take anything. We'll help anybody. We'll figure it out. But then you find out, okay, like who you vibe with, who it makes sense for you, who can you create the most value to? Exactly. And that, and that becomes your people, and then it's like. I love working with these people. I love seeing them grow. I love seeing them achieve their goals. And you know, you know, you're doing what God put you here to do. And then, the, and that, that feeling, it gave me chills. I was saying it because it's what I get when I work with the clients who I love the most. Like, I, I focus my business on serving clients that that resonate with me, and I'm yeah. so much more happy. But let me, sorry, let me. No, you- absolutely. So it was, it was really just like a, a aha moment really around March of last year where I was, where it was like, God, God basically just connected the dots. Like, dude, you've been in full-time ministry for years. You have a marketing agency. Why not reach out to ministry leaders um, and just say, Hey, why don't you allow me? Like there's, and there's a bunch of ministry leaders. They didn't have a website. They didn't have, you, you know, they didn't know how to be online, but so many churches had to, go online now because they couldn't rely on, on being in the building. And I just, it, it sort of just snowballed into all of these different services that I can offer. I began to do more research on other services that I can partner with that can help these, cl- these, these churches. And literally now at this point, there's more business that I could even keep up with. I'm just like constantly like, okay, this person wants to work. So, but it, it began by just sort of narrowing the focus and saying, Hey, we're going to just pivot and focus our agency on helping these ministries and um, being a specialist and, and specializing in a specific industry is really where you're going to see much of your success. Um, so yeah, that was basically <laughs> kind of what's been happening. Nah, yeah, that's perfect, man. You got to, you know, there's so many people out there who are a mile wide inch deep, but in today's market, you got to be, an inch wide, a mile deep, and know your lane, and just stay in it. Mm-hmm. Because there's no way small guys like us, when it comes to down to, I can't compete with the Wells Fargo of the world or the or the um, Goldman Sachs of the world in yeah. every area. But in my area, I can be the best. Exactly. And then I can be the, the, there's no one who serves my client, but my client base better than I do because I know them. They're my people, just like you. And marketing with with these major uh, these major market firm, marketing firms out there that no one no individual guy no sole practitioner can can compete with, but you yeah. realize you know I'm a former pastor. 
wait a second, I've got my own market that these yeah. guys don't know because they're not a pastor. And you exactly. focused on that. And I can give you a few, I can give you a few examples of that. Hey, I um, love a story. I love a story. <laughs> so uh, a few months ago, like I, I've been working with this pastor down in the Bay Area. And what I do is I, I edit some of his, his, his preaching footage and um, we, you know, create videos for him, et cetera. And we basically just manage his social media, all of his different social media channels. And what he mentioned was uh, when he was, we were having a conversation at one point and he mentioned, he's like, man, I'm so glad I don't have to really, you know, walk you through every single step of what I need because you have this ministry background it allows you to be able to know okay this is the part of a clip that I need to pull or I, he doesn't have to basically do tell me every single piece of it which makes his life easier he can just focus on what he's doing and he can trust that I'm actually going to you know provide the right service so the fact that you know your market any any generalist can can just you know offer to anybody, but when you have an intimacy and you know the market, that sort of gives you that authority that says you know you won't have to worry about it. I'll take care of it. Just do your thing, and I'll do and I'll take care of 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 what I have to for you. Hey, hearing that come from a marketer himself. Makes me feel pretty good about myself. Makes me know I'm doing the right thing. So I appreciate you sharing that with me. Yeah. For, if for nothing else, for my own self-confidence. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so you know, I'm assuming, or you kind of shared, you know, in the beginning years, the startup years, especially when you're pastoring a church, you know, you're just starting this business, you're you're serving everybody, you're not focused in on your in your lane. And and just like just like you said earlier, when you when you start a business, you don't get rich overnight. People think mm -hmm. that like I want to be a business owner, it's tough, <laughs> and you don't get rich overnight. Trust me. So it's, so your your firm sounds a little bit like my firm. So in those startup years, it's lean and things yep. are tight. So what was that? What was it like in your household? What, what what were some things you were able to do to keep the doors open of your business and not fall under, not cave in like so many people do? There's some people who have dreams out there. And even started these dreams, but they end up folding because they weren't wise. So, what, what were some things you did to make it last, to outlast the hard times? Um, a couple of things. Number one, or two words: Uber Eats. <laughs> so a lot, a lot of Uber Eats. Um, if, if you're in the Sacramento area, I'm sure I've delivered something to you <laughs> at some point. So lots, so five to 10 in the evenings, most of the time I had to be working because that was, that was basically the thing that sort of helped stabilize and just, and just keep food on the table while the clients uh, slowly matriculated in, most of most of the most of the time before that, I was working during the day as well. So there was even a point where I was working three jobs: my day job, Uber Eats, and the business. So it was uh, it was definitely difficult to you know maintain, but it was it was necessary 
as as we I began to just sort of learn and and figure the business out because a lot of it's just figuring it out and figuring out I, I think the most important thing that a business person can can the most important question that a business person can answer is who am I here to serve? <laughs> like who am I like we've been talking about that, but it's so important. You have to have you have to know who you're there to serve. And it was once I figured that out, and even then, and it's not to say all of a sudden just the 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 windows of heaven just opened up and poured in poured in the blessing. Even then, it took a while to to sort of build up some steam, but um, it was at least okay. I know where my direction is, and once you know the direction, then you just have to figure out, you know, how do I acquire the clients? What's a way? What's a system that I can put in place? That will allow me to consistently um, acquire more clients. Okay, so you unpacked a lot there again, and you know when I'm thinking about like what you, you two things come to mind. First one is you kept your eye on the prize. Mm-hmm. You know, like in those lean years, you knew what you wanted. You you had you knew who you were gonna help. Like I'm gonna be able to help people if I if I can if I can make this thing a reality. I'm gonna be able to help a lot of people. So that means sacrificing i'm gonna have to sacrifice a lot i'm gonna sacrifice my time i'm gonna work i'm a door dash i'm working past the church i'm still focused on my business i'm gonna put in these hours and sacrifice time for the greater good in the late in the long run and that's just like investing you know you sacrifice money by putting it somewhere for the life it's going to give you in the future and it's so hard to think about that think about yourself in the future because it's something you don't know you don't know who you are 10 years from now you just yeah. know you're still you, but you, so much you weren't who you were ten years ago. So yeah. you, so you don't don't even know that person, but you're making a decision for that person, and that mm-hmm. that's hard doing. One thing that it sounds like you did to make it seem to make it easier for you to relate to you, Larry, today back then, is visualization and realize who you are. Yeah. And visualize like you know who you're going to be, and keep your eye on that prize. That's one thing I heard, and another thing you see that you mentioned twice in this podcast already is. Sometimes you just got to bring more income. Like, and yeah. and I, I tell clients like that, you know, I think of myself as kind of an engineer. You know, the, the client comes to me with all, the, with all their, with their goal first and foremost, with their goal and all their resources. And there's times where I tell my client, honestly, right now there's not enough resources. And in the world we live in today, you can make money. Yeah. If you have, if you're an able-bodied person, you could, and, and you have a, middle school education you get out there and make money so and that's what you did you sacrificed that and and I know that was a sacrifice on more than just your time because also took away from the work-life balance because it sounded like there's a lot of work and not as much life especially when you are the father of a young child and a husband so what what um what was it like juggling that doing that juggling act the you working three jobs like two and a half jobs and at the same time raising a child and being a husband how what was that like it was uh quite a challenge <laughs> to say the <laughs> least and it was just basically grace that uh <laughs> that kept the whole thing the that kept the whole thing afloat and it was really um it wasn't until this year so just this month i was like i at the end of december i said I told my wife, I'm like, I'm retired from Uber. I am not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and, be, and it was really more so, 
um, I did the math and I was like, man, this doesn't even make sense for me to do it anymore because I can, uh, like, I can make what I'd make in a month just by acquiring one client. So once I felt confident that my business was able to uh, sustain us and I had a, I think it's really about one of the key things once you learn the business, you also have to implement and put together certain systems that will allow the business to continue to grow. And that's something that I'm, uh, that I'm working on as well. Like just, I have, I know how to acquire clients. I know how to, um, make sure that the client projects get fulfilled in a timely manner. And it's something you got to constantly improve on. But I think once you sort of learn sort of how to do it, then you just consistently tweak that. But that was basically it. Um, once I learned, man, I'm spending way too much time doing this. It's stressing me out. It's not making any, it's not making sense anymore. It fulfilled its purpose. It helped me to get to where I'm at now. But at this point, it's, it's, um, it no longer, it no longer serves me in a beneficial way. And I find that so much with business owners, like we, we have to learn the power of delegation that we don't need to be doing everything. Exactly. Like, you know, I was in transition Oh, you know, like I'm in the process of looking into bringing on my first employee, like, and I realized, you know, I, I can do this though. I can do this with this. Why am I going to hire him? I can do it. Yeah. But, and, but it's like, well, I, I, I may, my time is more valuable than what I'd be paying him. Exactly. It makes more sense for me to be doing client facing work. That's mm-hmm. what, and that's where, that's what I enjoy doing. And that's what I'm good at. You know, I, it's all about spending as most time in the areas that produce the most income and mm-hmm. that we enjoy them and that we enjoy the most and that we do particularly well. Exactly. And, and eventually taking our, taking our, our wide scope and narrowing it down to where yes. we're, we're working every day in the area that we love, where we where excel in, where we provide excellent value in, and that brings the most income. And that it's a process. No one gets there overnight. Mm-mm. But even like with this podcast, you know, I love doing the podcast. I love interviewing people on this podcast. Yeah. I'm sure I have the intellect to eventually edit these if I'd like to, but I hired somebody. I hired yeah. a consultant because he does what would take me 10 hours, which would be 10 hours away from my client facing work. He does in like an hour or two hours. Yeah. I don't know how long it takes. Zach, shout out to Zach. Thanks for editing these, but you do it a lot better than I can. It's something I had to realize, yo, I don't need to focus on this time. This time is better spent in my craft. And it sounds like you said, you, you saw the same thing. And it's, and it's sort of that just kind of piggybacking off of that. And I don't, you know, I know we have other topics, but like there's a different skill set in running a business than actually fulfilling the service. You, there's some people who can, you know, do the service. So like there's some people who can build amazing websites or they can, you know, really, you know, do what whatever service it is or provide whatever or service that is, but there's a difference between that person and a person that knows how to build a business. A yeah, business is more than just the service, but all of the other details. You're like an engineer and you have to know how this thing connects with this thing that connects with this thing that's going to actually build something that's profitable and that serves multiple people. And that's huge, man. And that, that business owner hat 
it's something that can be learned. So I do have a growth mindset. It's something that can be learned, but Absolutely. a lot of people don't come into a business owner industry having it. Like I didn't. I'm good mm-hmm. at planning. I knew financial planning. I understand investing. And I really understand people and planning. I did not understand the business owner hat. Yeah. It took a lot of learning and growth for me to learn how to structure a business, how to grow a business. So for there's sure. so many guys out there who have this skill, like me, I had a skill, or these guys have these these trades and these excellent skills. They may be the best electrician in the world. And they say, no, I want to start a business. And they fail because they never sat down to plan how to actually grow a business. Or, or they never took time to consult with someone who yeah. knows how to start a business and that I appreciate you sharing that because it's I'm sure you're helping a lot of people stop and say, hold on, I don't have to get there overnight. Let me and, take the right steps. And one last thing, and I know I know we gotta move on, but just one last thing that I think is really valuable. One thing that I think that stops people from growing a business is when they fail. Like I don't think that people quite understand the value of failing. <laughs> just because you tried an approach or or something uh, or some aspect whether it's client acquisition whether it's getting a, a client and that client just saying you know get lost or whatever it's those are valuable things and i think sometimes we what causes people to lose their business or just give up on what they're trying to do is they tried one thing, it didn't work, and they said, oh, man, that must mean I'm a failure. And that was a huge thing that I had to learn. I had to learn just because I failed one time, that doesn't mean that I'm a failure and that I can overcome that growth mindset you mentioned is huge. No, and that's something that I had to develop as well. So I'm someone who, I before I developed the growth mindset, mindset I thought if I failed at something, it means I'm not good at it. So mm-hmm. I would never get off the porch. I yeah. would never leave it all out there. Like I used to professional box, but, and I had so much talent, like inspire everyone say, man, this guy's a world champion, but I'd never get out there and give it my all because I never wanted to say I gave it my all and I wasn't good enough. Yeah. And you know, I regret it now. Looking back, I regret it, regret it now. And even coming in this industry, I had all these ideas that I never implemented because I was scared to get out there and say, you know, it, it failed. But, you know, get off the porch, just like this podcast, man. Me doing this, had yeah. it showed me, that, hey, listen, I can see something through from beginning to end. Yeah. And regardless of whether it fails or not, hey, I'm happy I did it because I learned something new. So, guys, if you have those ideas or you have that that little baby that you're catering to, and you make it happen, man. Get off the porch. You won't regret it. You'll learn from it. If you fail, you are still learn from it. Just get up. It's like my kid, my son, I was telling him on the bike, like he fell off the bike, man, get back on. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine if we all, we, we no one be riding bikes if we all if we all quit the first time we failed. Exactly. So let's uh, talk about you being a pastor, man. I, I do want to touch on this because I know a lot of pastors. And yeah. when the ones I talked to, the majority of them said, it's not something they chose. It's not something I would choose. Uh, you know, yeah. it's something you're called to. So let's talk yeah. about that call. How'd you become a pastor, man? How'd that happen? Um, it happened. So going back to my childhood, I didn't grow up religious at all. Okay. Like I didn't have any, barely any type of faith background. Like on my mother's side, um, she, her family's Catholic. You know, we went 
Catholic church to mass maybe once or twice a year or something like that, you know, something real basic. I never even took communion as, as a Catholic. It was just a very, very basic deal. My father, his, his family was Baptist, um, but we never really practiced it very much. It was just something, you know, if you want to go to church, all right, cool. But it, it wasn't like something that was really a big part of our family. So, but when I went to college, I can remember there was something I was just like, man, I'm, I'm really interested in learning about God. Right. So it was, it was just a situation where I was like, man, um, it wasn't like I was just going to show up at a church somewhere. Cause that's kind of, that's kind of weird. <laughs> you just show up at some random, some random church, but I, uh, I was very interested. I can even remember like on my new year's resolution, one of my things when I was 18, you know, going into, I think it was 2010. One of the things I wrote on my um, resolution was to go to a church. Um, and I had a roommate, he was, uh, he went to a church. He never really invited us to it though. Um, so we never, he, I knew, I wasn't going to say like, you know, let me come to your church. But, uh, <laughs> it, was, it was just, he just, we just sort of, all right, cool. You go, it was a seven, it was actually a seven day Adventist church. And, uh, so we were like, all right, cool. But I remember coming in contact with somebody who ended up inviting me to his church and I didn't even have a car at the time. So he was like, Hey, I'll come pick you up. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know what? That's on my new year's resolutions. All right, cool. I'll, I'll, I'll come. <laughs> what month and, was this? Just out of curiosity. Say it again. What month was this? Just out of curiosity. This was, I think, in February. Okay, so the resolution, the resolution was still fresh. It hadn't faded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was like, and and really, I think at any point at that time, I would have, I would have decided, I would have wanted to go because it was something that it intrigued me because it was something that I never really experienced. Um, and I honestly, the whole deal was, I knew. I wasn't, and this is going to sound, I don't know how this is going to sound, but like, I knew I wasn't a good person. <laughs> like there was just this, this, this thing inside of me. I was like, I know something, something is off here <laughs> and I don't really know how to, but I knew something was off and I'm like, maybe God can help. Right? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so so this guy ended up inviting me to his church. So I was like, all right, cool. It was a Pentecostal church. So I'm actually, I'm, I'm Pentecostal. So, you know, uh, just, you know, fill the spirit, you know, you, I don't know if you know, know. Many, uh, Pentecostals, but yeah, that's, uh, we, so I went there and it was, it was kind of wild. I was like, wow, this is, this, this, this is interesting. Uh, <laughs> so, oh, interesting. <laughs> and, and, you know, the, 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 the pastor was very charismatic and just, and, and he was able to grab the attention of everybody. And I was in, and it was all very intriguing to me. It was something that just, it was, it was just kind of entering into a new world that I didn't really understand, but it was very intriguing. Um, but I went there that, that Sunday and I was like, eh, it's cool. You know, um, I, I, I was still, it wasn't really something that 
said, you know, okay, I'm going to give my life to, to God. I didn't even know what that even, what does that even mean? I didn't really understand what that really meant, but I was like, no, they're, they're kind of cool. Um, I can, I might come back. And I went back, I think a few times, um, after that, but it was a situation where one Sunday before going to, to the church, I end up going out with my friends the night before. And um, I don't know if you know much about Tampa, Florida, but like the club scene there is insane. <laughs> You're saying it's more insane than downtown sack? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I remember we came here, <laughs> drove around. I was like, man, this is so lame. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, this is my hometown. You set it up. <laughs> like, what kind of place is this? Like, what do you even do here? It's so Okay, so you, okay, Larry, you can stop now. You can stop. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> The uh, so we end up going to the club that night, just you know, having a deal. And I went, we got we probably got back at like 4 a.m. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to church today, <laughs> no way I'm going. But for some reason, I was like wide awake when uh, when my buddy called me, and uh, I ended up you know going with him. But it was just sort of a you know, I went there, it was cool, and I was like, ah, you know, yeah. I'll go home, you know, crash and might go back. It was, it was one of those things. Right. But when I went to, when I went home and I went to sleep, I woke up from my nap and literally bro, like I felt God come into my room. Wow. Like legit. It was like, just I it's hard to explain. I know the feeling though. You don't have to. I know exactly what you mean. Um, but like I literally just felt God in in the the conversation was basically it was a really simple conversation. It it was like you're either going to serve me or you're not. That was basically the hey, he's a he, here's a, here it is, Larry. You gonna serve me or not? Yes or no? Just it's on you. That was legit. Yeah, that was legit it. And I was like, all right. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'll, I'll serve you. Okay. And he was like, all right, look down, look below your bed. And then there was like this black trash bag. And he was like, and I, had, I was in my dorm. And he said, everything in your room that doesn't please me, I want you to put in here. But right then. And I was like, Really? So I, I started doing it. I don't know. Like I just started like I, I went through, you know, I won't go and, through and this is two days into church, not even knowing God. That was like a couple weeks, right? I would go, yeah. But it was it was just one of those, and you know, people and, and when you go to church, people tell you like, you know, say a prayer or whatever, or like the, everyone has their different thing that they try to get new people to do. And I didn't do it because I didn't really understand it. But this was me by myself and God showed up. Mm -hmm. um, and whatever that means or looks like to Pete, I can't like everyone, everyone's going to have their own situation like that. Or, you know, this is just something I can, I can't give anybody. Ex I, this is like literally happened to me. And I was like, 
Okay. So I start putting stuff in my, in this trash bag. I even started giving stuff away to my roommates. <laughs> so I come out the, I come out the door and I'm like, yo, you want this? God just <laughs> talked to me and he, and he wants me to get rid. And they're just looking at me like I'm crazy. And I remember when I start, when I, I went through like my whole room, I went through my laptop, right. I went through everything. And, um, I remember when I put the last thing in there and God says, all right, cool. You're good. And then and there was like a peace that came on me that I never felt. You hear me say you got that peace right before you said it. Yeah. I knew it. I knew this because I know the feeling. I was like, you got that peace. And I hope it recorded right because it was perfect timing. <laughs> and there was, there was like a peace. I'm like, like, man, that like it felt it felt really um it felt really cool like like i was like man i'm not like it, it felt like a whole bunch of weight just came off of me when i did that and what was what was dope about it was the fact that it was god who orchestrated it it wasn't somebody that that um you know sort of manipulate and I don't like using that word manipulate but like you know sometimes Christians we sort of try to manufacture a move of God in somebody's life I know or you know we try to help God get somebody right hey, I've been guilty of it <laughs> <laughs> like come on like God you ain't moving fast enough on on yeah. on homeboy I'm gonna need well, God, well God told me it might have been God but he told me to tell you <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah and like it was just God who just showed up and he knew I wanted, I, I, he knew I wanted him and wanted and knew something was off. I told you about that, but he orchestrated it, which like just goes to show like God can speak to anybody at any time, at any place. He doesn't really need us to manufacture anything in anybody's life. He's able to do that to those that he wants to communicate to. But sort of fast forward, I know I, that was that was a long that was a long uh, runway. Afterwards, I was like, all right, cool, but what's next? I don't know what to do now. So my the pastor at the church had a Bible study that he taught. And I never even spoke to the pastor at this point. I was just like I was just like coming, right? I might have shook his hand one time or whatever. And uh, he had a he had a Bible study that had a, a more intimate crowd, and I was like, you know what? I maybe I'll just I'll holla at him real quick and talk to him. Um, so I asked him. I was like, hey, you mind if I, I chat with you really quickly? So I went back to his office. Uh, we went back to his office, and he was like, hey, man, I'm glad you've been coming. Blah blah blah. And then I just kind of interrupted him. I was like, you know what I did yesterday? <laughs> then I told him the story, and he was like, what? That's that's crazy. Um, blah blah blah. You got like super excited, and he was like, "You know what, man? Why don't you? Why don't we just go ahead? Uh, have you ever been baptized before?" And I was like, "I think I've gotten baptized as a baby or whatever." And he was like, "Man, let's just get baptized." And I was like, "All right, cool. Let's get baptized." <laughs> so like yeah. that night, uh, I got baptized. The water was like super cold, <laughs> um, but uh, I got baptized, and in honesty it was at that point where I was like, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna roll with God. Um, so it was, it was at that point where 
my ministry at that congregation just consistently began to develop and progress. Um, and I just, that became my life, dude. I, that's pretty much what, I, that's the only way that I can explain it. Once uh, I made that choice, um, I was just like, all day, Jesus, <laughs> from there. Hey, man, I, I love that story. I really appreciate you sharing it, my brother. Um, I just appreciate you sharing it, man. I, we're, I know we digress, and we've done a few different paths down this, on this podcast, on this interview. But, guys, I hope you guys found the content lovely, man. I hope you guys found things to learn from it. I hope you guys can grow from it, man. Larry, I'm so glad to have you on as a guest. And before you go, I want to ask you one last question. I ask every guest who comes on this show. So, Larry, I know the words success in general means different things to different people. It can mean different things to the same people at different times. But today, Larry, 2021, January 2021, what do the words financial success mean to you? And I don't want to think of a dollar amount, more of a lifestyle and a quality of life. Understanding your purpose and knowing what you were born for, utilizing and stewarding the resources that have been given to you to fulfill your purpose. So if I was to say, what does financial success mean? Utilizing and stewarding the resources that God has put into your hands so that way you can fulfill the purpose that God has placed you in. So whether you need a hundred million dollars or a hundred dollars, whatever God's purpose is for you, utilizing and stewarding and being the manager of that to fulfill his purpose, that's what success would look like. That's the perfect answer. That's the best answer, best answer I've ever had on this show. Gotta say it's the best answer there ever will be, man. It's being a steward to God's work, being a steward of what God's blessed you with to do his work. Man, Larry, you've been an awesome guest. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Please give me some contact information for you. I can leave the show links for other people who want to hear your podcast, who want to hear your podcast and get in contact with you for marketing. I'm sure they love your services. I, I have a few pastors who listen to the podcast. Uh, and just anyone who, are you okay with younger people who want to get into marketing? Maybe not necessarily yeah. churches, but they want to get into marketing in general. Reaching out to you and you sowing some knowledge with them, sharing some knowledge with them. Awesome. Yeah. My my website is nextlevelmediamarketing.com. Um, and you can reach me. I have all of my social connections there as well. Love to, you know, provide some mentorship or if, if there's anyone that's looking to do some more things online, would definitely love to to help with that. Uh, but yeah, nextlevelmediamarketing.com. Hey man, you guys have a blessed one. I hope you love the show. God bless. Enjoy the disclosures. Congratulations guys. You've officially made it to the disclosure portion of the show. I'm an investment advisor representative of securities offered through Bertha Fisher and Company, Financial Services, Inc. BFCFS member FINRA-SIPC. Holmes Financial is independent of BFCFS. Thanks and have a blessed week.